Gross, we're gonna complete. I, I hope no one else is doing a bit, but I'm doing a bit. Daddy's got a pod. I'm Casey Kasem, and this one's for the perverts. Join us in our strange ritual. <laughs> that is time-traveling love smut. I can only say horny in one season opener. A medium amount of fun and an extra large amount of sweaty. From the minds that brought you giraffed in a marisaur. No regrets, no masters. I got dick jokes to make, man. Leave me alone. This is good. This is good for anyone. This one's going to be weird. I'm very interested to see where this goes. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how Buffalo, New York got so much snow this weekend, they had to pay fans to shovel their field before the football game. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry, Buffalo. I didn't. uh, So I knew that this was a thing because Pittsburgh's playing, but I didn't know if you guys would know. And I thought that there would be a bit more of a reaction. I think you knew that we would not know what you were talking about. Well, Matt. I knew you wouldn't know, but I thought you'd at least be like, whoa, they got fans to shovel the feet. Anyway, we can just move on if you don't want to. Yeah. I saw something about someone needing people to shovel the field, but I didn't care enough to look any further into it than that. So thanks for closing that loop for me, Matt. Man, I haven't thrown anything out that landed this flat since the uh, Christmas TV episode. So, <laughs> neat. A self-referential burn on self. I love that. <laughs> so, if you, listener, don't suckle at the teat of Marvel quite as frequently as I do, you may not know that Marvel's latest release, Echo, is wrapping up its 15 minutes in the cultural zeitgeist. I have a lot of good things to say about Echo, but if we're being honest, I don't have a lot of good things to say about the MCU as a whole. Even as a hardcore Marvel addict, the last few years of the MCU have felt only slightly north of aimless. On top of that, the plan our fearless leader Kevin Feige pitched to us in July of 2022 now seems to stand on shaky ground. It was announced on December 18th of 2022 that one, Jonathan Majors was found guilty of three misdemeanor counts of harassment and assault, and two, due to the former, he would not be reappearing as Kang the Conqueror in the MCU going forward. This all happened in December of 2023, not it was a year two ago, counts, but a couple, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Let me get a, uh, wait, hold on, 2023, I'll fix it in post. Great. Thank you. A wizard, Matt is. <laughs> well, and then... You'll have to say he was found guilty of two misdemeanors. Cause yeah, he was found guilty of two misdemeanors. See, I did it. That's fine. We'll fix it in post. Beautiful. Leaving all of us with the question, will Marvel commit to the bit with the previously announced Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars movies, or will they make a galactic pivot in a different direction? I see what fun? you did there. That a- see what you did there, Matt. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good. That was good. Well... I was working on editing the podcast when I heard the soft tap, tap, tapping of stones against my window. I looked out to see a man in a gray hoodie and a baseball cap that 100% definitely isn't Kevin Feige. Why hasn't he been acknowledging the restraining order that you've put (laughs) against him? I thought that he downloaded um, he downloaded uh, kick just to message you outside of normal SMS like limitations. (laughs) There's no paper trail. Yeah. Well, there is a paper trail because he tossed me a note that said, 
Hey, Matt, could you ask the team at DT exclamation point HQ what Marvel could do instead of sticking with Kang Dynasty? Not saying that Marvel isn't sticking with Kang Dynasty. Also not saying I have any affiliation with Marvel, but if and then it has we and it's crossed out, it says they were to go in a different direction. What would be the coolest way for that direction to go? Love, definitely not Kevin Feige. That's a good save. It's it's a really long note. And knowing that like your bedroom's up on the second floor, surprised he was managed to throw a piece of paper high enough to get in your window, which... I don't, the paper was the paper was. I'm wrapped surprised around a rock. he doesn't just Clarissa explains his wall his way up into your mm. into your room. <laughs> Climbed up into your bedroom yeah. using a ladder that you leave in your yard. I assume yeah. specifically for not Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Matt, future Matt, if you could just find a soundbite of that <laughs> when when the ladder would hit her window. I think okay, that was quick, the best what's part that of best that friend's show. name because no one remembers Sam. Is it Sam? I thought it was Sam. I looked it up. It's Sam. Uh (laughs) I was going to say, that's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) So here I sit with my crack team of creatives. Todd, you ought to know Thomas, Kyle, Phantom of the Opera Harper, and Andrew Tribute Henderson to answer that very question. Suck on that one, Dave Coulier. Yeah. Which that's the third time I've said that this weekend. Yeah, it is. All three of these songs have Dave Coulier in common. Uh-huh. But, That's the but thing. <laughs> Dave Coulier was the Phantom of the Opera, and Dave Coulier is also in Tenacious D. Don't look it up. He's what that song is about. Mm-hmm. All songs only made famous after Jack Black sang them. So, Oh, that's good, too. <laughs> yeah. About Dave Coulier. Yeah. yeah. These songs have a lot in common, is, is the point. I love that. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what Kevin Feige is going through is not great, but this is great. Anyway, let's get back to definitely not Kevin Feige. What historic Marvel arc should be the next MCU apex plot line? Todd, open the floor. Yeah, let's go. Let's just go back, Matt. So the year was 2009. We as a society just were were rife with A plus Obama style hope. Um, (laughs) Capital (laughs) H-O-P-E. Well, at the same time, Canonically, Barack Obama was dealing with the fallout in the Marvel Universe of a comic arc that you may know that we love here on the show that not everyone loves per the MCU known as Secret Invasion. Oh, the Samuel Jackson show? Joint, yes. Yeah, all right. Famously. Barack Obama's canonically involved in the Secret Invasion. Yeah, he's the one that becomes Super Scroll when Amelia Clark, uh, oh. Amelia Clark originally siphoned off of Barack Obama's powers. Oh, Barack Obama has a beefy arm. I didn't know Barack Obama. Had yeah, a beefy he arm. well, yeah, yeah not just because he's a scroll, just because. Yeah, I mean, canonically in the real world, he's a very fit man. So, <laughs> the point here being that Marvel at the time they were dealing with a bunch of non-Amelia Clark scrolls, and the team that was partially responsible for the dub that they pulled out over them was a group that we learned to know as Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers, or as he called them, the Avengers. So when no heroes (laughs) could be trusted, Norman rolled in with a bunch of masked weirdos that looked approximately like a former lineup of the Avengers. So like the lineup then was Ms. Marvel, who we now know as Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, to make that further confusing, a character named Captain Marvel, who is Novar, <laughs> which, oh. boy, that sucks. And this is all like Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers, but it's it's Ms. Marvel, it's Captain Marvel, 
Hawkeye, Black Suit Spider-Man, Wolverine, Sentry, and then Ares, the God of War. So those familiar with that source material... One of those six is not like the others. <laughs> well, well, wait. <laughs> those familiar with the source material would know this is the Dark Avengers, Dark Reign storyline, and that that was a bunch of Avengers that were really just bad guys dressing up as good guys. So you had a character named Moonstone dressed up as Ms. Marvel, a character named Marvel Boy dressed up as Captain Marvel, Bullseye was dressed up as Hawkeye, uh, Matt Gargan, who you know is Scorpion, who ultimately Mm. gets the Venom symbiote, he dressed up as Black Suit Spider-Man, Draken, who is Wolverine's son, is dressed up as Wolverine, Ares was dressed up as himself, but is kind of like a Thor replacement. Sure. And then Sentry, a a dude whose canonical name is Bob. So (laughs) they are protecting Earth while being led by Norman Osborn, who becomes the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. post Tony Stark, because like Tony Stark is kind of responsible for the secret invasion. And he's also Norman Osborn dressed up as Iron Patriot. So what I'm saying is we're going to run the Dark Avengers Dark Reign storyline, and it's going to run as the conclusion of Thunderbolts to be the big setup to Secret Wars. And we got to do this while we figure out this is me gesturing wildly. (laughs) This whole thing. And honestly, to get there, all we really need are some clever replacements of a couple of those heroes. Just a few kind of like Marvel features, kind of like Werewolf by Night to just plug in. And then we just got to like ram jam a couple cameos into some planned movies between now and then. And honestly, we can stick this one. We can nail this landing and make it work. To pull this off, we have to introduce an entire team of characters that have not been in the MCU yet. Well, Phase 4 did it, so... I mean, (laughs) listen, somewhere between what you said and what Andrew said is the truth. I don't want to say none of these heroes have been here. Some of these heroes have been here. Some can be here. Some we're just going to straight up replace. But, like, we joke about a lot of things on this podcast. This has legs. This has legs, (laughs) and I'm going to walk you there. He's right. I I said before the recording, I said, I'm genuinely excited to hear about two comic arcs today. And then there's the thing that I'm talking about. (laughs) I saw just the hint of what you're going to do. It's not good. Good. Well, let's save Andrew for last then. Kyle, what comic arc are you suggesting the MCU take on? Yeah, Matt. um, So I am suggesting a classic arc from Marvel Comics that, similar to Todd's, is going to have to do a lot of work introducing some characters to the MCU that aren't there yet. However, the difference between the arc I'm bringing and the arc Todd is bringing is that all the characters I need to introduce are fan favorites who everyone has been clamoring to be added to the MCU since its conception. Uh, you're going to tell me that Novar is not a household name as Captain Marvel, not to be confused with Captain Marvel, Brie Larson's Carol Danvers. Not to be confused with Marvel. Captain Ms. Marvel. Mar- Ms. Marvel. Or Marvel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that whole fucking thing sucks. That sucks. I hate comics. Matt, that is because I suggest we replace the Kang Dynasty arc with the House of M arc and using that as our entryway to introduce the mutants and X-Men into the MCU. Kyle's come to prepare a YouTube video essay. <laughs> In this essay, In I this will. In this essay, I will. Now, I have to say, I am a little nervous, Kyle, because I remember... In summer of 2020, when we were watching WandaVision saying, oh, 
I think we're going to do the House of M storyline. And I feel like I've been teased with this flavor before and it hasn't delivered. So do you feel as though you can do what the MCU has already done, but better? We've collectively been edging over House of M for about three years. Yeah, so. it's time to get that release. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> gross, we're going to complete. It's only going to take three more years. So <laughs> I think with that three-year on-ramp and using the already popular character in the MCU, Wanda Maximoff, as our focal point for it, I do think we can land that plane finally, Matt. We can bring our boys home. <laughs> I okay. I love the idea that the whole pitch of the tagline of Phase Five is it's time for some release finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew. Yeah, lay it on me. What is your pitch for the future of the MCU? It's this stupid thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so oh, good. No. Yeah, good listeners. Andrew just posted a picture in our notes which you can access on patreon.com slash debate this cast if you want to go ahead andrew what is yeah this? so let me give you the lead in so the mcu right now in 2024 is looking a little bit like marvel did in the early 90s things are feeling a little stale properties have not been nearly as bankable as they were a decade ago and we still haven't figured out how to write women really <laughs> nothing's changed wait what what year did you say so this is from 93 because the 2009 run of Dark Reign, mm -hmm. there is so much Ms. Marvel ass. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, of it course. Is, it is not subtle, so it doesn't get better. You guys aren't ready for the enormous amount of Venom ass that you're going <laughs> to... Lady Venom ass that you're going to get in the next half hour. That is a corner comics seemingly just refuse to turn. Mm -hmm. What happens is they get better, and then they just hard turn back to it. Yeah. Like 2009, yeah. that wasn't that long ago. Someone is going to decide, I'm going to be the artist that brings ass back to comics. And then we, <laughs> yeah. and then we're back at square one again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it when we did Secret Invasion, the comic. Like, that is, that is basically a Hideo Kojima <laughs> game. <laughs> Someone looks at the, at the list of collaborators and is like, yeah. none of those cowards are going to double cheek up this comic like I will. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm proposing that we handle the current MCU slump just like Marvel did in the early 90s, which of course is jam a bunch of edgy Venom clones down everyone's collective conscience. Yeah. yeah. So the thing that we all remember, I'm looking at you, Todd McFarlane. So in, in 1993, Marvel released a six-issue run of what would be Venom's first, but certainly first of many, spinoff series called Lethal Protector, which is one, a terrible name, but two, <laughs> established the world's most, most jacked homeless man, Eddie Brock, as an anti-hero foil to Spider-Man. This is, of course, really established. Venom was like, he's like Spider-Man, but edgy. And yeah, he's like yeah. still saving him out, people. Send him out to San Diego. Go be San Francisco, a, yeah. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, so Venom leaves New York following like an uneasy truce with Spider-Man. He arrives in his hometown of San Francisco, and he's there to protect the downtrodden and, and the forgotten and to say a couple curse words. <laughs> All of those things are happening. So shortly after arriving, Venom uncovers a plot by a rich real estate mogul to dig down into the undercity of San Francisco populated by a completely sovereign nation of mole people to recover some lost gold. Wait, mole people? Sure. Uh-huh. Yep, this is Great. the storyline of this Venom spinoff series is 
hey guys, there's a secret, there's an underground society that live in under San Francisco, an entire city underneath San Francisco that was buried during the 1906 earthquakes. But there are people that live down there that like, not only are they like, just people they're not they're not like homeless people they're like an entire civilization of people that have their own government this is just the the new new york episode of futurama yes <laughs> yes yeah. yeah yes there's well and like the morlocks are a thing in the x-men series so it, but it's not morlocks these are just people these are just normal ass people is the is the absolute wild thing all i'm saying is that marvel has a tendency to put yeah. underground societies under main cities they marvel loves them a mole a mole civilization and all of these are are an allusion to hg wells as the time machine but we can sure. we can okay, stop nerd. backing that up uh what, what are we doing hard, here matt <laughs> the morlocks are this I'm, I'm again i can't stress enough these are just people these yeah. are just people that like no different from the people that live above except for they live below and they are a completely sovereign nation and do not fall under the banner of the united states of america anyway so eddie brock is like trying to live there because he's homeless because he's a uh, criminal and they kick him out because they're like no you're eddie brock you can't live here in our utopian mole, mole people capital we don't know anything so, of the up, of the upstairs world but we know right. eddie brock isn't welcome here but, but yeah but we haven't one been, more group of people that hate eddie brock we haven't seen the sun since 1906 but fuck eddie brock <laughs> so so you're topher grace ass out of here so eddie brock goes to the surface and he uh, he uncovers, and this is when he starts to uncover a plot. There's these like big, uh, like mercenary mech units called diggers that just have like big drills on their hands, and they're just like punching the ground. And Eddie Brock's like, as Venom is like, we must save the Undercity. <laughs> sure. So Peter Parker sees this in uh, on TV and is like, shit, Venom is destroying San Francisco. Mary Jane, I have to go. And Mary Jane turns around so that you can see her butt in the panel and <laughs> yeah, says, uh -huh. I love you because that was needed. So Spider-Man shows up in San Francisco to fight gets Venom. Gets on a real ass eight hour flight. <laughs> he gets on a real ass eight hour flight. Because <laughs> uh, he, he can't web swing across the country. No, you hit the Grand Canyon, nothing to grip yeah. onto. Mm -hmm. So Spider-Man gets there, they start to fight, and then together they eventually team up. They discover this plot is there's this kind of this undercurrent by this utopian futurist society called the life foundation and uh, the life foundation captures eddie brock using sonar technology sonic technology not capital s sonic lower <laughs> s sonic thank you and uh essentially like reveals their ultimate plot which is to extract the symbiote from eddie brock's body and they do that, albeit shortly. And when they do that, what they're able to do is they they get five, uh, like small, like pieces of the symbiote and grow their own symbiote spawn. So Venom essentially has five test tube children by way of the life the Life Foundation. Good. <laughs> sure. So these five symbiote spawn are then grown and merged with mercenaries hired by the Life Foundation. And this is the origin of the mini arc called Separation Anxiety, which is the probably the worst <laughs> title to comic arc I think I can so think of. Shitty. I, it might be, yeah. Yeah. And so this, Matt, this is what we're gonna tie everything together with all of the loose threads of the MCU. Separation anxiety. My favorite part about this, Andrew, is that Venom is wholly owned by Sony. 
and not we're doing the it. MCU we're doing at all. <laughs> no, we're doing it. Fuck it. Nothing matters. So the the out of the bit, which I don't know if this makes this better or worse. Lethal Protector was the source material for Venom. Yep. Sony movie for like, the movie. They did, yeah, they did a number of these things. These are things that I realized horribly. while I was doing the, the research for today's episode and was like, oh, shit, that's you, who that was. You hacked the source code. Yeah. Maybe since you've done the research, you can. But like no one can name all five of those symbiotes. One of them is I wrote Riot. it down. Um, yeah. Wrote it and down. So one is Savage the... Opress. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I should explain this comic cover that I've because it, it is Please, as bad as as bad as this arc is. This comic cover, I kind of want to get it framed. It kind of rules. It kind of rules. It's the five symbiote spawn, which they all look like they all have a different color. They look like Power Rangers mm-hmm. and two of them are women. So they have like awesome like glam rock metal hair yeah but they're all kind of like huddled around eddie brock just looking like they're all five of them together gonna sexually harass eddie brock and it's very funny <laughs> yeah they're all just like dragging their fingertips across his face yeah. riot's gonna put his finger into his mouth we, we have <laughs> yeah. to make sure we give two of these symbiotes very aggressive gendered carry characteristics yeah because yeah. it's the 90s yeah, don't worry we're inclusive yeah. now the point that i was gonna make is that to talk about how stupid this is, they came up with five different colors of symbiote, you know, yellow, pink, red-ish, green, and then black, which Venom yeah. is a black symbiote, yeah. which then created <laughs> the issue in the Venom movie, one black symbiote fighting another black symbiote in the cover of Night. Yeah. And you're just like, the fuck did you do? Yeah. I think the real bonus to today's uh, re- uh, kind of looking at researching today's is I remembered that the Venom movie was a thing. And I remember not hating the Venom movie. And I just want to throw one more picture in here, which is just more Venom kind of being weirdly uh, sexual to Eddie he's Brock. He's so wet. And what's his chin? <laughs> what's that chin doing? And the way that they draw, like I said, that Eddie Brock is like the most jacked <laughs> homeless man in the in the Marvel Universe. He looks like Guile from Street Fighter. Yeah. In this he image. does look like he Guile. Does. The first one, he looks like a normal, like, comics blonde hunk. And then the second yeah. one, he looks like lieutenant surge like it's (laughs) (laughs) andrew i have one more question in this first picture with five venoms in it are any of these carnage no no carnage Carnage is entirely separate from the five separate the five venoms featured in this okay good that's correct (laughs) this was the first time they dumped gasoline on the symbiote fire yeah yeah well, Carnage technically was. Carnage came like six months before this. Yeah, yeah but this <laughs> but, is where yeah. they were like, "Oh, we like." Yeah, it was the it was the J. Jonah Jameson. Give me more pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Give me more symbiotes of Venom. Exactly. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. The Carnage issues sold really well, mm-hmm. and someone ripped a line of coke and yelled <laughs> across the the artist's hall, "We need more Venoms." Yeah, and we got give this. us give us green Venom. Look, I'm not going to lie. I love this shit, man. <laughs> Edgy 90s Marvel is my jam. Yeah. You bro- like they look like the Power Rangers. I'm here <laughs> they for do it. Look like the Power um Rangers. also admittedly not that much more convoluted than than the MCU is currently. Fair. So certainly interested to see where you take it. Let's flesh this out a little bit to make this play believable. We're going to have to tie in a bunch of shit from previous MCU properties. So in what ways will you weave this new story into the existing MCU? And honestly, bonus points to you if you can tie up a loose end left by a Disney Plus show. Uh, Todd, kick it off. 
Yeah. Okay, Matt. Loose ends from Disney Plus shows. Name three. <laughs> Don't name three. <laughs> do you really want I me to do that? Already. I can. Hulk's, Hulk's son. Got it. Stop at three. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually pretty easy. So I'll run down the list of characters that are relevant to the story and kind of identify the ones that either already exist or can easily be replaced or honestly just introduced. Start simple. Hawkeye in this story is replaced by Bullseye. Since Colin Farrell's too busy being the penguin, what we can do is we can dip into the bullseye that shows up in the Daredevil Netflix series. Actor Wilson Bethel. Don't know what else he's doing. Inarguably better than Colin Farrell's bullseye anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was a really okay. good bullseye. I kind of liked Colin Farrell's bullseye. I also liked bullseye. Colin I mean, Farrell's bullseye. I, you can like them both. I did too. I'm just saying the Netflix one was inarguably better. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. Here he is. He's unhinged. Works great. Everybody loves it. We haven't had a Marvel boy yet, and frankly, we do not need a Marvel boy. Uh, we don't need to deal with the confusing Captain Marvel bit, so this is nothing. Forget about him. Naming convention's dumb. <laughs> we don't need Marvel boy into a Captain Marvel unless we can get Jude Law back as Jan Rog, and then we will make something up. If he is available and he wants to do it, we'll make it work. Doesn't make sense, but for Jude Law, we would do it. He'll be Marvel Man. Marvel Man. <laughs> Cut print. Send it. Send it to, to production. Just think of Zoolander, like Marvel Man. Marvel Man. I heard he's looking to put a pool house by the pool he built after he did the first Captain Marvel movie. So you might you might be able to get him, Todd. And I mean, this whole bit is that these are imposters that are replacing current Avengers. So pick Avenger who punch good. That's now Jude Law. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. In this story, Ms. Marvel, who knows Captain Marvel, is leading the Avengers. And it starts out where Norman Osborn is leading the Dark Avengers. He calls her in and he's like, I'm your new boss. And she's like, fuck you. You're not. I won't be doing that. And so he teleports and and goes and gets Moonstone to be the new Miss Marvel. We don't have Moonstone. Not important. We got a better play. We'll bring in Rogue to play <laughs> Captain Marvel because in the <laughs> comics, Rogue and Captain or Carol Danvers have this like long history. She steals her powers. All we need to do prior to this is have a rogue and Captain Marvel interaction to seed some tension and we're set. And as far as casting goes, maybe we even bring back Anna Paquin. Is it fan service? Yeah, it's fan service. Her and uh, Brie Larson, pretty similar in age. I think it works great. Cut print. Get in line. Speaking of X-Men, how do we get a Wolverine here? <laughs> Easy. By the time this happens, we'll have seen a Wolverine. I want to emphasize a wolverine <laughs> so i don't know who that wolverine is but we'll have seen him we know we see a hugh jacksman there's got to be another wolverine at some point so we just take that new wolverine we cram him into this team of bad guys because he doesn't know any better because he's being gaslit by norman osborn which is a theme here and we set up for a future redemption arc great everyone loves it get in line <laughs> aries is aries okay we don't have an Aries. You're not going to try to square that circle at all? Well, what we're going to do instead is we don't need an Aries. We've got a Hercules from Thor 4. We do okay. have a Hercules. Holy shit, man. Right. We got Brett Goldstein. That's the loose end. We've got Brett Goldstein. <laughs> the only we one. thought we were going to see him again. Again, this whole story is that the heroes have failed. The villain team of the Thunderbolts also just couldn't get the ball across the finish line. And so here we are. Avengers and Hercules. Fits the bill. You forgot about Brett Goldstein, didn't you? Everyone did. forgot about Brett Goldstein. And I'm sad because, like, man, what a good Hercules casting Brett Goldstein is. We are never going to see that guy again. In my notes to prepare for this, I literally said, forgot about that guy, didn't you? Yeah, we all did. <laughs> Great. 
I literally, I, I read three. Oh shit. Yeah. That's the guy from uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read three different listicles that are something along the lines of MCU characters that you <laughs> forgot or will never see again. Yeah, see again. <laughs> yeah I, I think I think we do see Brett Goldstein again. I hope we do. He was so proud of that cameo. He had his mom go and see <laughs> Thor 4. Um, and it's a really um, funny story. Go look up that interview. I'll talk about it in the post show. Okay, so the black suit Spider-Man is obviously Venom, played by Matt Gargan. We've already got a Matt Gargan in the MCU from Spider-Man Homecoming. We could run with that, I guess. In this story, Matt Gargan currently has a symbiote. He's this crazed evil Venom. But we're going to ignore all that. We're just going to use Tom Hardy. And here's how we're going to do it. (laughs) So in that story, Norman offers Matt Gargan the ability to control his, his Venom cravings. And he like basically turns him into black suit Spider-Man. It doesn't go well, but I think we can run that again. Norman offers a way to make things right, uses some weird science, helps, you know, Tom Hardy control, or I'm just going to call Brock Tom Hardy. Mm -hmm. He helps Tom Hardy control the symbiote. And this also gives a direct reason why he would have the Spider-Man emblem on his chest, because you are masquerading as Spider-Man. We clear so many issues right then that no one has a plan to fix. That is baby math. (laughs) Baby math for babies. We did it. Now, Sentry is on this, and we're getting Sentry in Thunderbolts. At least I think we're going to if Steven Yoon's recasting goes well. So continuation of Thunderbolts, which is maybe the end of Phase 5. I don't know. No one's keeping track of it anymore. So question for clarification, though. Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts are different things, right? These aren't the same thing with different names. They're two different bad teams. Uh, yeah. Thunderbolts are more of a suicide squad in Marvel, yes. and yeah. Dark Avengers okay. are more a, a Legion of Doom. Yeah, if we're making DC parallels. Okay. Yeah, it, it's that the what is it? The rectangle is a square, but a square is not a rectangle. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. There is certainly carryover. Yeah. The the Dark Avengers are just pretending to be Avengers, and then in the end, it's oh shucks, they're not the real Avengers. Yeah. So, talked about Thunderbolts. Speaking about Thunderbolts, we know Valentina Allegra de Fontaine is in there somewhere, presumably leading that team. Well, that team fucking failed. It failed. Did a bad job. So, (laughs) that is how we won't have her being the lead. She'll still be here. But that's how we get Norman Osborn to lead. And no, it's not William Dafoe, though I do love that. I think that's very, very great. And obviously, that lets us tie back to Spider-Man lore, and people would love that. But we're going to get to that casting later. And also, I want to talk about Norman Osborn for a second. His superpower is fucking gaslighting. That's what he does more than anything else. He gaslights everyone in this. It's awesome. He does such a good job. Like, he does this interview on TV, and it's, again, I got to talk about it in the post show. He references Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch and does this whole thing. But, hey, those are two more appearances. They're not here, but it gets people jazzed for what we're doing. Another stupid thing we get to do here that ties up a loose end. Norman Osborn suits up as the Iron Patriot, which ties back to the PR failure in Iron Man 3, where Rhodey is briefly Iron Patriot, and it's a whole thing. And I mean, I guess he could do that again. I think that's fine. But I almost like the idea of him being like the dude in the chair. And instead, we have Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer roll in as well, instead as Iron Patriot. Kn- as soon as yeah. you said you were going to yeah. change the Iron Patriot, I knew you were bringing back Sam Rockwell. It's Sam Rockwell. I would have bet money that Justin Hammer would have come up on this show at least once today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that is some connections on loose ends. There's like, 
yeah, some of those are flimsy. I'll call that out. Some of those are good loose ends that get tied up. And I think that this all slates really nicely to get us where we want to go on loose ends and promising new beginnings. I will counter your same argument to say half of those properties are owned by Sony. That argument doesn't hold in court because that would argue against my entire pitch. <laughs> so I would also offer this, and if it pleases the court, what was the post credit scene in Spider-Man 3 but Tom Hardy sitting at a bar in Tijuana? Nobody yeah, remembers. That no is my remembers. entire crux. That's the entire crux of my, of my, of my bit. Mm, I like this world. The energy's good. Hey, you want to go kill Spider-Man? Let me lick the TV screen in this hotel room. I watched that again today. I cannot stress how stupid both of those post credit scenes were. I watched them again today. God damn it. Man, we the, were all tricked. Morbius was a movie. Yeah, yeah, Morbus was a movie. Madam Madam Webb is going to be a movie. Oh, <laughs> Madam Webb is Guys, a movie. we have to do a post show. Let's finish the episode and then we can do the post show. Kyle, talk to me about House of M. Um, Todd tied up some really good loose ends. I'm pretty impressed. What are you going to do to work your story into the existing MCU? So, Matt, I should have mentioned in the last question, it can go here. House of M is a X-Men story arc that is famously kicked off by Wanda Maximoff saying no more mutants and effectively wiping out the mutant abilities of all but 20 mutants on the planet Earth. That needs to be said before we dive in here. As far as tying it in, we are both going to tie this into the existing MCU and bring the new X-Men, not the Marvel new X-Men, just like a new group of X-Men, because the Fox properties have ended, into the MCU. So this is going to pick up from the end of Multiverse of Madness. As we all clearly remember, just like we all remembered Hercules, <laughs> at the end of Multiverse of Madness, Wanda had accepted that using the Darkhold was bad, and she brought down Mount Wandagore, Wondagore, good. I'm sorry. It's, um, it's Wondagore, but Wondagore's really good. Wondagore's really That's funny. That's just a bad Freudian slip. Um, brought down Wondagore, destroying every copy of the Darkhold in the multiverse, and apparently sacrificing herself in the process. However, we know in comics, no one is really dead except Bucky, Jason Todd, and Uncle Ben, and two of those three have very <laughs> prominent arcs in movies about how, they, how not dead they are. So... We have a little bit of setup to do, but that's okay. First, in a post credit scene for Deadpool 3, we're going to reveal that Wanda isn't dead. Oh, shit. Then, in Agatha Harkness, the show about witches, we will learn that <laughs> through some MCU retconning, Wanda is a powerful chaos witch because she actually has a mutation on the gene that makes witches witches. Then... In Thunderbolts, Ghost Vision is going to be our MacGuffin. The Thunderbolts got to bring, got to reclaim the United States government largest <laughs> stock of vibranium, um, and that's going to make Wanda and Vision kind of our antagonists. Um, and as the Thunderbolts try to recover Vision, Wanda's going to run defense and try and restore his memories. And somewhere in there, we're going to yada yada that Vision is a mutation of the original Ultron code. All right. <laughs> we have set up two mutants in our MCU now. Wanda will then succeed in bringing Vision back, restoring his memories. But 
at the end of Thunderbolt, she will be captured and brought in for her crimes that she committed in WandaVision, uh, Multiverse of Madness, and the events of this Thunderbolts movie I'm pitching. This will all set up for Avengers 5 to be House of M, with Wanda imprisoned and on trial. And this is largely going to be minor action, lots of... um, uh, it's going to be our Marvel courthouse drama. It's going to be our Marvel. We've never had one of those, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with a twist here, so Wanda and now Vision with his Wanda memories restored still want their kids. So at the same climactic point in the comics where Wanda said no more mutants, she is instead going to, and maybe powered with a Infinity Stone to tie this back in. She's going to say more mutants in an attempt to <laughs> bring her kids into this reality another time. That, Matt, is going to set off a worldwide event similar to the Unblip, where the Earth is now populated with millions and millions of new people who are all mutants. And then that brings us into phase seven now, I guess. With a world no one knows. adjusting to all of these new mutants. Can I ask a question? Please. So what you're saying is she doesn't say no more mutants. She says no more, more mutants. mutants. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Good. Oh, yeah. Let's hinge that on a comma. I love it. That's funny. My favorite thing about your thing, Kyle, is that, and I mean this sincerely because I know that you were not as lost in the sauce as like Todd and I was back in the days of WandaVision. But what you have pitched is what for a long time we were all really sure was going to happen. I was also pretty sure we were building to a house of M esque flip on that and bringing in the X-Men. Yes. In all of y'all's defense, like Elizabeth Olsen did, I mean, this is the picture that the somebody presser. uploaded here. Like she said in three different pressers, like, I love the House of M storyline. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's why I wanted to do this show. Yeah. And the real answer is, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen is smart and has a good management team that was like, you yeah. should talk about this because that's how they're going to keep you around mm-hmm. forever if you keep talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about both of these two things. They're both clear concise and they tie up some loose ends all things Uh-oh. i'm sure i'll also say about andrew's idea <laughs> which do you want to be equally as excited about my thing so okay so we all we all know clearly we all know that the mcu done the mcu has done a, a decent enough job paying off some things that they teased over the years we had adam warlock and guardians 3 jane foster and darcy lewis made recent appearances and stuff betty ross is apparently showing up in captain america in the new captain america which like right. cool i guess but for every completed thread as todd pointed out there's another loose one with a wasted casting on the other side so matt in one swift motion i'm gonna close all of these threads and give all of these we'll never see that person again characters a second chance okay and that's because <laughs> and that's because matt in separation anxiety there are five symbiotes spawned from venom that all develop their own personalities and motivations now the first and probably most important is scream aka donna diego aka the first of the venom asses that we get 
That's a picture that I just, that's another panel that I just uploaded. Oh, whoa. That's a Venomass. A couple of things to diagnose here. One, we have a different version of Eddie Brock. This one, he he looks like, kind of like Jesus. Yeah. He is in a Jesus pose for sure. Yeah, yeah. He kind of looks uh, like Carrot Top. Like if Carrot Top <laughs> just got bit. out of the shower. Yeah, I told you, most most jacked uh, homeless man in, in the Marvel Universe. So Donna is kind of like the de facto leader of these five symbiotes just in so far as like she's the brains of the operation she's the the heart behind it donna was also the first of the five successful test subjects so she shows up in uh lethal protector and fights spider-man in a mall cool cool um <laughs> but she is also the one who reveals to venom that she and her colleagues all five volunteered for this so this wasn't like a thing where they were just like drifters captured by an evil corp like they all volunteer they're killers yeah <laughs> they're not killers they volunteered no that's the thing they volunteered to basically they thought they were doing like a super soldier project uh, gotcha yeah don't they all that's yeah. that's what they all say but she specifically says like no like we wanted to help people blah blah so but the life foundation is you know the not not an unsubtly horrible evil company well they're called the life foundation right that's right that's like a that's like having a folder on your computer that says not porn like it's it's clearly (laughs) not porn exactly and as such i think it's only right that the that the first the first fuck it's only right that the first symbiote host will be the equally idyllic gaia who we of course saw in secret invasion played by amelia clark you're giving the most powerful being in the known universe just a little more power. Now, here's how we tie that up, though, Matt, because we left Gaia saying, what are we going to do with her? She has all of the power. She is the metal Dracula of Marvel. Well, everybody knows that the symbiote easily overwrites genetic code, Matt. So hmm. that when the symbiote infects her... It just overwrites everything else. It just eats up. The symbiote just absorbs all of that power, eats it up, and d- digests it. So now she just has symbiote powers. Done. Check. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so instead of adding the symbiote to her list of powers, it's actually a convoluted nerf is what you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a convoluted yeah, nerf. Okay. A, a simple nerf, Kyle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, now the, the other four are less important, but still relevant. Um, we talked about Riot. So the comic Riot, a.k.a. Trevor Cole, this one is tough because, as Todd mentioned, he Riot is the, the antithes, anti, antithesis Venom in the 2018 movie. However, Riot was the transformed version of Carlton Drake played by Riz Ahmed, who was like the main antagonist in the original Venom movie. But nobody remembers that that movie happened. And I didn't remember this was a plot point. So like, who cares? Yeah. So Riot is going to be hosted by Star Fox, not Nintendo Star Fox, but Harry Styles. (laughs) You brought Harry Styles' (laughs) arrows to this? Yeah, because... Tell me where oh 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 were we ever gonna see Harry Styles in you're the taking, MCU again? You're taking Thanos' brother and giving yeah. him a symbiote? Yeah, yeah. that's my problem. I'm not yeah. arguing with you. We were never gonna see Harry Styles ever again, but like just yeah. what a terrible person to give well, that much power to. Wait, now now I'm trying to so you've got three more. I'm trying to think who what <laughs> other cutting room floor actor cameo you're so, gonna Todd, bring. it's gonna be stupid. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be stupid. Hulk son is one of these answers. It's, it's oh, not. Yeah. So next, so next up we have Phage, P H A G E. So this is Yellow Venom. 
aka Karl March, who he's going to be uh, connected to. Great. He's going to be connected to Roman Day, who you may remember as John C. Riley in Guardians yeah. One. Oh, wow. Who, who we all thought would be something. He's he's the one that's supposed to pick the Nova. Yeah, yeah, he was the supposed to Nova. pick Nova, and I'm well, pretty sure he died in... He's dead. He's yellow the, venom now. In the setup to uh, <laughs> Infinity War. Oh, you yeah. mean that, that throwaway line where they're like, oh yeah. The Nova Core is mm-hmm. dead. He blew up that whole planet to get the power yeah. stone. We yeah. all, As we have all established, the only true death, true canonical death is Uncle Ben. So Fair John enough. C. Riley is is not only alive and kicking, but is yellow venom I have, now. I have to take that wa- <laughs> that cold water thrown back in my face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. Uh, fourth is Lasher, a.k.a. Ramon Hernandez, a.k.a. Green Venom. So this is going to be, Todd already mentioned, we've got a Mac Grogan in the MCU, but he just showed up in one scene. Michael Mando showed up in one scene in Homecoming. But he had a scorpion on his neck. One well, tattoo. Scorpion. One tattoo to hinge a whole character. He's already, hey, I mean, Todd, it's your, he's already been Venom. Why not make him green Venom? Fair. You know what? That's, Fair point. that's pretty airtight. <laughs> yeah. Now, finally, this is, I think, the best one. So we've got our, our pink, we've got our, our pink ranger, pink Venom. Oh, she was my favorite. Yeah, well, she's going to be your favorite continue because this is Agony, a.k.a. Leslie Gesneria, a.k.a. This is going to be Sharon Carter because we know, we all know Marvel painted themselves into a corner with that Man, one. Man, what the fuck did they do with Sharon Carter? <laughs> what character? the fuck did they do with Sharon? So I'm giving them She's an She's carrying what if, apparently. No, that's that's, no, that's Peggy Carter, not Sharon Carter. That's oh, Peggy okay. Carter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving Marvel an out here. I've given Feige two outs. I've given Feige an out for Gaia, and I've given him an out for Sharon Carter. Feels Make like him him an out for Eros. Yeah. Well, <laughs> feels like you gave Kevin Feige five outs, honestly. Yeah, that's true. I asked yeah, for a pitch and you brought me a life raft factor (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so there you go um let's see that's what did i call this uh separation anxiety i did it i mean i've always thought that somewhere in marvel hq there's like lines tracing plot like there's a hidden like sketchboard somewhere but no and i I still believe there might be but for all five of the characters you've got like there's gaia and there's a line to a big question mark circle yeah we can yeah. get into it more in the post show. That variety article revealed there is no board. There's no plan. They There's have not a plan. they have been winging yeah. it from movie to movie, and until Endgame, it just it worked. <laughs> they just got lucky with the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what a journey that has been, both through your ideas and through the present state of the MCU as it stands. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us of all of those things. I have one more question for you here, and then we're going to take a short break. But first, how will your story culminate in the next big two-part Avengers movie? Like I said at the top, everything was gearing up for Avengers 5 and 6 to be Avengers Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret War. So, Avengers Secret War. So... Avengers colon the secret four. Yeah. The secret four. Yeah, that's when they bring the Fantastic Four in. <laughs> that's yeah. it. And it's Marvel. It's Avengers versus Fantastic. Anyway, what will the two movies be titled? Are we still doing Secret Wars? How are we getting butts in seats? Todd, take it away. Yeah, um, we're, we're going to do this. It's going to be easy money. So Thunderbolt's going to do fantastic, scientifically proven. So that means this becomes very promising because this just builds off of that. The, the other bit here is that in this two-part story, we're going to have Avengers Dark Reign and then the Dark Avengers. 
because I think those are actually pretty solid titles. The first part will be the team assembling to fight off a world threatening thing because the heroes have, have done a bad job and the Thunderbolts are a failing idea. So hence Avengers Dark Reign comes in. Avengers team fails. Norman takes control and paints them as the bad guy. In the comics, this follows off of a, a big scrawl showdown. We kind of already did that, and it didn't go great. And so it's okay though, Todd. No one watched it either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we can kind of can go two ways: either different world-threatening thing happens and they step in, or we have to wrap up the the Amelia Clark thread that she's not a symbiote-bearing being, and so she's got to get defeated. I don't know. Anyway, bad thing ends. Villains align under Norman's leadership. Closing movie or closing scene of Avengers Dark Reign is him calling a meeting with all of these terrible people, a la Nick Fury in the original Avengers team. The second movie, The Dark Avengers, is going to drop following Fantastic Four, so scientifically proven will also be very good. This is important because <laughs> Doctor Doom plays a big role in the Dark Avengers Dark Reign storyline. So... The Dark Avengers, they're following Normie Oz as he leads the strike team to tackle major issues. And he's also just running this immense slanted PR for this group of murderers. And and it all fo focuses on this encounter with Dr. Doom between him and this ancient sorceress, Morgan Le Fay. They've got this whole history, like magic. She travels across time, time traveling sorceress, yada, yada. But anyway... This does a very important thing because Fantastic Four introduces Doctor Doom. This gets us a Doctor Doom feature. And it also ties to magic shit, which Marvel's <laughs> all about right now. And it also focuses on time travel existence bits without making it a key point of the story, but still being there. And obviously, that's just been like a juiced thing since Endgame. The other reason why this is going to work really well is crowds love heel turns. And this is a heel turn of a movie. And to be clear... The difference between this and Thunderbolts is that Thunderbolts is going to be a lot of like covert suicide squad. You're an undercover group of mercenaries, blah, blah, blah. This is the opposite. Norman Osborn is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like Tony Stark is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. prior. And then they're like, you're in. It's your fault. The secret invasion happened. You're out of here. <laughs> Norman Osborn, you'll be the new Get guy out of here. <laughs> Norman Osborn, whose base is in Colorado, he like flies Maria Hill out there just to fire her. It's like a real shitty uh, thing. Wow. Kind of like how Secret Invasion brought in Colby Summers for one episode just to kill her. Just to kill her off. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So Norman Osborn is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., but in the very first issue, he's like, no, we're going to call it Hammer. And his uh, <laughs> his like sidekick person is like, well... What's that stand for? He's like, that's your first job. Come up with an acronym. Uh, <laughs> I love which, that. Which what's really funny is if we do the Justin Hammer becomes Iron Patriot, it leads to a very funny moment where he's like, we should call it Hammer. And he'll be like, no, we're not going to do that. He's like, nope, I already branded it. Hammer. <laughs> and like, it's largely all done out in the open. It's very funny. But the whole thing is it's not covert. Everything they do here is just out in the open. Two part works really well. In the end, the team falls apart. Honestly, Dark Rain becomes pretty convoluted at the end. They wage war against Asgard that's over Oklahoma. So we're not going to go that far. <laughs> but like, the bones are there. It's got good bones. Does it? Man, how often is that where like a comic arc like starts out really promising and then it just like it gets too it just gets too convoluted yeah. to up its own ass? All all of them. <laughs> yeah, every single time. It is really, really good. Like they do a thing in here that that, you know, 
fuck who knows what we get of kang but like they do a thing with morgan lefay like she shows up she's fighting dr doom and he does something and she's like i knew you were gonna fucking do that and she like counters him and then like the dark avengers show up and like one of them kills her sentry like blows her head up and then she shows back up and like makes him disappear oh and then like i think they kill her again and then she shows up and freezes Ares into stone like she kind of does like the Batman knows how to kill everyone thing. Oh yeah. But like yeah. she keeps going back in time to figure out people's weaknesses. And oh. then so when they kill her, she's like, fuck you, I'm back. And now you're gonna die. That's cool. That's tight as that hell. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty good. I also liked Loki season two. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's got it's got good bones. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh speaking of bones, tell me about the bones of WandaVid. Nope. Of Did we get there? House of M. House of M. House of Did M. Did we get there? Survey yeah. says yes. Kyle, go ahead. Yeah, Matt. So I already spoiled. Avengers 5 is going to be House of M. That's going to be our title here. Kang Dynasty gone out the window. But we are going to have a longer wait between 5 and 6 than we did between 3 and 4. Because we first, before we get to Avengers 6, we need to see this world after Wanda has brought mutants into it. And that is going to be our first wave of GBIS getting butts in seats. Phase seven or whatever phase comes after Avengers five. I can't, I don't even know anymore. No one knows Kyle is going to be all mutants. So it can be oops, all mutants. The movies are all going to be, um, we're going to leave the Avengers on the back burner for a little bit and do some movies just setting up the mutants uh we're gonna have a standalone magneto movie first we're gonna kick it off standalone magneto movie get our sympathetic villain going right off the jump the first ever planned standalone first ever (laughs) nothing nothing else was planned before this yeah x-men first class was obviously supposed to be a magneto standalone movie and it was rad as fuck yeah first class is a good good movie movie. it's a very good movie in that standalone Magneto movie, we're gonna intru- we're also gonna introduce Mystique and the Summers brothers. We're gonna that'll be our introduce introduction to um, Scott Summers Cyclops and his brother Alex Summers Havoc. Then we're gonna do a stand standalone Charles Xavier movie. Um, we're gonna see the mansion. We're gonna do Cerebro. We're gonna introduce Beast and Angel and Iceman and Jean. That'll be our next movie. Uh, we're gonna do a Black Panther three, but it's actually gonna be like a backdoor Storm. Uh, movie we're gonna set up storm there perfect dope oh. we're gonna also introduce nightcrawler and colossus maybe i'm going for like a not born in the united states mutants mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. that's that's that angle and then we're gonna do a no way home type movie with old logan played by hugh jackman for one last time again <laughs> passing the torch on to whoever our new wolverine is or maybe it's gonna be x23 for the first time ever yeah. and not not new wolverine <laughs> Yeah, for the first time ever, blah de blah um, And that's going to introduce Sabretooth and Rogue. Somewhere in there, somewhere in those movies, Magneto's going to keep showing up in post-credit scenes, um, forming the Brotherhood of Mutants, and we'll finally get a name drop of the Brotherhood of Mutants. Then, in an Avengers 1-type event, we're going to do our first mutant team-up with the X-Men, as opposed to the Avengers. This isn't going to be Avengers 6 yet, this is... The X-Men 1, um, giving us the first official formation of the X-Men. It's going to be your basic school of gifted mutants versus the Brotherhood of Mutants showdown. 
yada yada. From there, Matt, we're going to we are going to go into phase eight, which is going to take us back and show us what the Avengers or the new Avengers or whoever the composition of the Avengers is at the moment. We're going to go back and see where they've been, how they've been adapting to them. The introduction of the mutant problem, let's say. Um, and this is all going to build up to the culmination of these two phases. Avengers 6, X-Men versus the Avengers. All right. I think it was like a, a scoop. Oh, God, probably eight years ago at this point <laughs> that like there are a couple IPs that Marvel had just like snatched up titles. Oh, yeah. And one of them was Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like it's not a it's not an if it's a when. Right. Okay. Right. Well, and. The reality is that, like, if Marvel keeps going long enough, everything becomes an if and not a win. Right. What or becomes a, a win, win and not, not an, an if. if. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. What? What win? Not what if. Anyway, Andrew, oh, round man. us out here. Tell me about the bones of your thing. Yeah, sure. The bones of a symbiote. The symbi uh, symbi they're well, bones. Symbi bones. Spoiler alert: There aren't no bones. <laughs> it's a no 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 bones day for venom. <laughs> it's, a, it's a no bones day for venom. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of like the whole thing with separation anxiety. The comic is Venom's just in like a test tube, and he's got no bones. He's got no host, <laughs> and he's just kind of like sliding around like Slenderman, and is like Eddie must find Eddie. Um. Anyway. That's a good Venom. Venom's so weird. It thinks I, I watched Venom, the movie. So Avengers colon separation anxiety uh, begins with the totally planned and not a, at all cheap promotional Sony tie-in post-credit scene that we talked about in No Way Home. Whereas we all remember Tom Hardy gets blipped out of the bar in Mexico back to we assume to be his home universe, but like, no. Yeah. And and the, the camera pans on that droplet of the alien symbiote that's on the, the top of the bar. So... As we also know, in the MCU universe, the Life Foundation doesn't exist. They were the main protagonist in the original, in the Venom movie, in the Sony-verse. They don't exist in the MCU-verse. You know who does exist in the MCU-verse? Who's always ready to do black science or dark science? That is, of course, Justin Hammer, played by <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Ding. Uh, so Justin Hammer gets a hold of the symbiote, and that he is the one, via the, the Hammer Corp, who creates the five symbiote spawn. So, in a series of quick cuts, much like Infinity War, we see his his aim goons wrangling up the five predetermined hosts from across the planet slash galaxy slash graveyard of wherever Nova was blown up. And, of course, some of these are more willing than others. I would assume that Mac Gargan is a lot more interested in becoming a Venom than John C. Riley is. Now, the title Separation Anxiety works on two levels. Yes, it's Separation Anxiety because it's a retelling of the comic arc. But it also refers to the state of the Avengers. This is where this is a real thinker, ah, right? Okay. Because the Avengers are all off dead, straight up missing, or just like doing their own shit, doing their own little side quests without contact from anyone else. So this is really going to be this like this tale of all of these new disparate heroes finding each other for the first time, much like the original Avengers movie, but like catching up with the state of the world and face to face off with this new threat. So, movie number two will be the resolution of the storyline, which we're going to call Avengers Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, <laughs> which, will <laughs> oh. <laughs> which will quickly, it's going to look, it's going to be like Endgame, it's going to quickly conclude the symbiote storyline in much like, so the way that the symbiote storyline is revealed in Separation Anxiety the whole time, Donna, who I talked about, the fiery redhead Venom. Yeah, the first one. 
The main one. The first one. She actually just murders the other ones in secret with a sonic knife. It's actually very anticlimactic because her symbiote is like, you must kill them. And she's like, I will, I will kill them. And she does. And that's kind of it. Right on par <laughs> with the with the whole these arcs start strong and then just go. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Sure thing. So um, after she kills the other symbiotes with a sonic knife, most of the rest of the movie will just be each of the Avengers in therapy talking about the trauma of the blip because Disney can never let us forget that Endgame happened. And that's it. And they're just talking about feelings they never processed before. All right. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Um. I really like Avengers colon CBT. I think that that's really <laughs> funny. Also, I can only imagine the forceful better help product placement yeah. in Avengers yeah. CBT. And I think that that's very funny. Matt, you're acting like better help isn't going to have a tremendous scandal oh, between now and the release of the sixth <laughs> Avengers movie. Yeah, that's, that's assuming that company still exists by then. Fair point. Fair point. All right. So it is time to take a quick break here. I need to go convene with definitely not Kevin Feige, who I think is still out on the sidewalk and it's cold out there. So I want to get back to him quickly, but I do know he, I, you know, made a motion that I was coming down and he said he had one more question. He threw another paper note up to me. Incredible aim to get it in the second story window. And it said, Hey, it's me again. Definitely not Kevin Feige question. Who will real Kevin Feige, again, definitely not me, bring out on stage at next year's San Diego Comic-Con in a branded baseball cap to announce this big new change and be the feature cast of your story? I need to go out and check on definitely not Kevin. You guys take a minute to think of your answers and I will hear them right after this. I'm back and I have given some hot chocolate to uh, definitely not Kevin Feige, who is still out on the porch. But while I am constructing a note to toss back to him, I've asked you to figure out who real Kevin Feige can bring out on stage at San Diego Comic-Con to announce this big pivot. So, Todd, can I first ask why you don't just invite not Kevin Feige into your home? Why you are making him drink his hot chocolate out on your porch. Right. So I've never met this guy before. It's not Kevin Feige. <laughs> if it was Kevin Feige, I'd invite him in. But Kyle, he's very clearly said it's not uh, you're, Kevin you're, Feige okay. multiple okay, times. You're right. This is a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Todd, who's the big get for uh, the Dark Rain? Yeah. So as with any of these big reveals, they're going to load the stage up, but there will be a big announcement at the end. So Sam Rockwell's coming out first. And like he's gonna chew up that stage. He's gonna do. He's gonna do the Justin Hammer strut out there. People are gonna eat it up. It's gonna be so good. Is it gonna be Hammer Time? It will be Hammer Time. It is always Hammer Time. Disney has already secured the rights to MC Hammer's hit song. Yes, mm-hmm. they actually own MC Hammer. I think. <laughs> Following him out onto the stage will be Tom Hardy. 
and they're going to reveal the concept art for the black suit Spider-Man at this moment, though, because he is kind of a comics fan himself on his T-shirt. He's going to have this, the original Secret Wars cover that has the black suit Spider-Man, but in the cropped shorts, <laughs> just because that's very, very funny. And he would do that sort of thing. Julie Louise Drivis is going to come out as Val. Got to do that. She's still there. She's playing. She's pulling strings. Big announcement uh, for us on this on this pod, but not for this reality, is that our Doctor Doom casting will be coming out because he'll have been revealed in prior uh, when the Fantastic Four casting announcement comes any day. Never. <laughs> I don't know. Sometime between today and forever. Um, and that's going to be silly. And Murphy is going to roll out. Because that's a that's a Doctor Doom casting, and I think the internet has seen his penis now. The <laughs> big reveal, Todd. We've all seen <laughs> Killian Murphy's penis. That's just canon, and that's a requirement to being cast as yeah. Doctor Doom. <laughs> yeah, as we all know, <laughs> these are all facts. The face is covered. The penis. You can't. You can't honestly consider yourself a film buff if you haven't seen Killian Murphy's penis. That is accurate. That's what they teach in film school. The the big reveal, however, is going to be. They're going so when 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 Jay Fige, uh, who's much warmer in this reality, uh, says that this team will be picking up from Val's hard work in the Thunderbolts because it's being led by Norman Osborn and that Norman Osborn is played by none other than Matthew McConaughey. And so Matthew McConaughey <laughs> is going to come <laughs> strutting out in a black suit. And that's when Jay Fige is going to hand him the Avengers cap. And people's fucking heads are going to explode because Matthew McConaughey is going to get to gaslight people as Norman Osborn, which then means he gets to be Green Goblin years down the line. And come on, come on. My favorite thing about this, Todd, is Norman Osborn, like famously a New Yorker, Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> famously a Texan very, um, yeah. and has not shed his Texas accent once in his career. Yeah, uh, he's an actor. He can he can uh, act. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> now I'm walking here. I'm walking here. See, half perfect. the people in the MCU are British, and like, not an accent to be had in any of their characters. Debatable. Um, well, and, yeah. and British actors are different than Texas actors. Prove your work. We don't have time to go down that conjecture hole. Kyle, who is warm Kevin Feige in your universe going to bring out on stage for the House of M Avengers? Yeah, Matt. So it's going to start out real, real simple. We're going to start out and Elizabeth Olsen is going to do a lap on stage in the Marvel ball cap. She'll sit down and then Paul Bettany, same thing. Marvel cap is going to do a lap across stage. And then Kevin's going to talk a bit like that's it. Like, that's that's all we've got. And then, just casually, while Kevin's talking, we're going to get Michael Fassbender out on stage. Hell yeah. And he's going to come out. He's going to do a bit where he's, like, acting like he's at the wrong wrong event. He got lost at Comic-Con or whatever. He's supposed to be at the Assassin's Creed booth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Kevin Feige's going to pull out a hat and go, guess what, guys? We got our Magneto. Um, and the press conference is going to continue and James McAvoy is going to do the same thing, except instead of Kevin Feige giving him a hat, he's actually going to pull off the wig that James McAvoy is wearing. And that's how we get our Charles Xavier casting reveal. I love so much that 
I, Magneto can't be more than 10 years older than Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's that, yeah. His canonical daughter. Here, here's the, th- well, one, not in this, not in this continuity. <laughs> no, yeah. Two, the reason I went with first Michael Fassbender, and then if I did Michael Fassbender, you gotta do James McAvoy mm-hmm. too, is I do want to, a second crack at the Magneto origin story that we were promised that eventually became first class. So Michael Fassbender, I think is right at that age where he can play a younger Magneto for Mm -hmm. the 15 minutes of the movie that he has to. And then we can put some old makeup on him and he can be Ian McKellen aged Magneto Mm -hmm. for the end and the rest of the run of the X-Men and the MCU. Okay. But like honest question I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like much like, you know, like, do we need to see Uncle Ben die again? Like, do we need to see another Magneto, like Magneto in the... I don't think this Magneto needs to be in a German concentration okay. camp necessarily. He can, we yeah. can move that timeline forward and find another traumatic, awful event to put him through to make his yeah. story as sympathetic and connect to the same themes. Mm-hmm. It's going to make a lot of people well, mad, yeah. but I stand by it. Comics are about making people mad. Was that Days of Futures Past where they start where he's like in the he's like living in the woods and like those two cops show up and he has to like kill them because they try to yeah. kill him? Yeah, it's Days yeah. of Future Past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. Unless it's X Men Origins, but I'm pretty sure it's Days no, it's of Future. Not not I didn't see X Men Origins, so was yeah. it? Was that not? No, or maybe that was Apocalypse. It was Apocalypse. It might have been Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, he yeah. lost. He lost like everything. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing. That, the only good scene of Apocalypse was that. That was like that was, but that was like a good way of doing a Magneto origin. Every major emotional scene that Michael Fassbender got as Magneto was awesome. The scene yeah. in the in the brewery, the yeah. scene when he <sighs> kills like the oh when he, yeah, the when he kills Kevin Bacon's character, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Spoiler and alert. that's the other reason I'm bringing Michael Fassbender back is because every time he plays yeah. Magneto, he just eats and then it's so good. Yeah, we we got to give him another movie to do him justice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Kyle, bring in Fassbender back. Andrew, who are you sending out on stage with your universe's heated up Kevin Feige? Sure. So so Kevin Feige at a perfectly normal room temperature is going to come out. Uh, he's going to be wearing a red like Power Rangers hat first right and everyone's gonna be like why is he wearing a power rangers hat that doesn't make any sense like and it, and it's gonna be one of those things where like what is he referencing is it like is it a vague reference is it like are we bringing back like an old power ranger like what's happening well and then he's gonna say everybody welcome my best friend woody harrelson and then oh, woody harrelson God. comes oh, in no with the best <laughs> wig you've ever seen with with just a just a a, a busted ass wig but he's also what he what he's wearing like a Spawn Todd McFarlane shirt, right? So now you're like, what the fuck is happening? We got Feige wearing Power Rangers, we got Woody Harrelson in a wig wearing Spawn. What are they doing? Well, then they explain, and I don't know exactly how they're gonna reveal it without spoiling it. But basically, the reveal, the big reveal, come to find out at the end of Secret, what's my thing called? Special Separation Anxiety. <laughs> the end of Separation Anxiety is. Justin Hammer is actually also infected with a symbiote, you guys. And not only is Justin Hammer infected with a symbiote, Justin Hammer is carnage in the MCU. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what? So, yeah, so here's what happened, right? So Tom Hardy not got a, not a tech into a bar. Not a tech-based villain. 
at all. <laughs> yeah, no. sure. Famously not a tech-based villain. So Tom Hardy winds up in the MCU, right? Well, we just saw that. We just we just saw that and thought that was like plain fun, and just like assumed that no other symbiotes got blipped into No Way Home. But they did. Woody Harrelson as Carnage got blipped into. But again, Sony owns these properties, so it's not Woody Harrelson playing Cletus Cassidy. It's just like the Carnage symbiote infects Justin Hammer, but the voice of Carnage is Woody Harrelson. <laughs> oh, you're gonna yeah. go that far? Doing a, yeah. a Lou Ferrigno type, uh, yeah. type cameo. <laughs> yeah, nothing matters. You know what <laughs> Wow. All right. What an ending. I am really impressed. I enjoyed hearing about these different comic arcs, and I am excited to tell my new neighbor, not Kevin Feige, what Marvel may or may not be able to do if oh, they decide not to do. So your neighbor's just standing outside your house? No, he's your new neighbor because Kevin Feige lives now lives underground with the rest of the mole people. <laughs> the mole people. Well, they're yeah. just people, Andrew. Yeah, man. Just like the ending of every Disney Plus show, we tied up all the loose ends. So while I go out and talk to my friend, not Kevin Feige, why don't you guys just go ahead and uh, if you shout loud enough, I think he'll hear you. Can you just give me like a closing statement, maybe in the form of like a tagline or not, you know, just wrap up your whole your whole plot arc in one closing statement for me, if you would. Yep. Easy. We're going to touch on time travel. We're going to touch on weird sorcery shit. We're going to give villains that play as good guys. We're going to get fun cameos. Honestly, it might be the only four things that can really like set the Marvel Cinematic Universe on a really good trajectory going into where we're going. So Sam Rockwell. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Disney's got to make hay out of the multi-billion dollar purchase of Fox Studios and doing House of M and bringing the X-Men in, in is the way to do it. And as for a tagline, it's easy. X going to give it to you. Mm. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel figured it out in 1994. Sony figured it out <laughs> many times. The only way to save Marvel, a Marvel property, is to throw more symbiotes at it. I hate... Wait, stop. I hate what you said, but, like, that but you, argument but has you respect absolutely my right been, to say it. <laughs> yeah, well, barely. That argument has definitely been made in closed-door rooms of decision-makers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's out of line, but he's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go chat with not Kevin Feige. Why don't you guys give each other some good vibes? Yeah. I love House of M. I was huffing that copium. I, I thought we were going to get that. I mean, the when it wasn't Mephisto, we we really wanted <sighs> yeah. it to be House of M and we didn't get either. Yeah. If anything tempered my expectations. Sorry, this is no longer a compliment for you at this point, Kyle. If anything tempered my expectations. <laughs> It was the first like two outings of D plus shows that I was like, oh, we should stop. Yeah. Thinking yep. that a Marvel property is going to immensely launch the, the window open further. Yeah. As Loki was rapping, that's when I was that's when I fully gave mm -hmm. up on like, oh, there's they're not seeding anything no. that deeply. They're gonna tell us to our faces with adult words what they're doing. Yeah. Next. There's there's cool stuff, but like you don't miss immense things because they realize they can't do that. Um, I do love House of M. Man, I loved every time Michael Fassbender was Magneto. That's so, so good. Hey, remember White Vision? I remember White Vision. You brought up White Vision. That's fun. Talk about a loose end that flew into the sky that 
maybe we'll see in Armor Wars, a movie that's totally getting made. <laughs> I thought there was yeah, a I like this show. Is it no, a movie it's, now? It's a got, movie now? It got changed yeah. from a show to a movie. Yeah. <sighs> um, <laughs> Andrew is so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah, I love House of M, and I have a really, really, really hard time believing that if Marvel continues to make things that ultimately we don't get some house of m property yeah. like how don't you do that that's so cool glad that you brought it would love to see it andrew i up until about an hour and 23 minutes ago i loved the symbiotes <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> no no there's there's a graph out there that much like the x-men family tree is like the symbiote family tree and it talks about what ones are clones of each other and ha- how they're babies and that if a symbiote makes a makes a spawn that spawn is infinitely stronger than the symbiote before it which is why carnage is the foil to venom i love all that i hate what you brought it's you know Fair. what but again it's your right to bring it and i do really <laughs> love the symbiotes and you know there's still a part of me that wants the flavor text where we talk about crawl the black king and how there's a flying dragon named grendel and how there's a planet of symbiotes and we'll we'll need to do that at some point for yeah, sure it's, it's again yeah. not an not an if it's a when but boy thanks for pulling up a bunch of c-tier characters and cramming <laughs> symbiotes into their bodies glad you did it yeah todd you really want the dark adventures and i i gotta respect your your game and your commitment to it i really like I really, I do really like Matthew McConaughey as Norman Osborn. I do really like the idea of getting Norman Osborn to be a Avengers level threat quickly. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of, of a dark Avengers forming. Um, I, I think we're headed there one way or another. We've got the Thunderbolts to mention a a character that storyline has been dropped entirely. We got to get Val. We got to get Julia Louise Dreyfus back in the MCU doing stuff and um i think i think that's a way to do it so is she not um, back is, is she that, back i mean she's she's gonna be in thunderbolts yeah it, it says beginning todd middle about and end of the sentence every, yeah. that's what todd says about every character that comes up on this show. <laughs> listen the only the under the only other person of that thunderbolts lineup that you couldn't count on would be like taskmaster and ghost like yeah felt like those ones were stretches to put on that line yeah and andrew um I gotta hand it to you. You brought a you brought a very debate this answer today. Todd Todd and I brought <laughs> brought very real possible answers, and you brought Thanks, you brought five venoms. And <laughs> someone's got to keep us keep us grounded in our roots. And yeah. you did that. Thanks. I do think this would make a good movie or a show. Actually, when the when the MCU is like, mm-hmm. what what are we doing? We gotta we, we need more stories yeah. to bring in. Maybe maybe like a low budget cartoon. Yeah, maybe. five Venoms. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Great. Venom and pals. Yeah. Tom Hardy loves the role, so he'll keep coming back for it. So why not? Every day I wake up and I'm amazed that the Venom movie exists. Uh, <laughs> and they made a second one. And they, and they made a second, second one. A third one. Um, the other, the other good vibe I have to give Andrew is, um, you clearly put a lot of work into your answer. And as someone who came up with their answer an hour before the show, <laughs> I got to respect that. I appreciate that. Um, Todd, I have to say, I don't think I've never, I've ever been as sold on the Dark Avengers, Dark Reign, as I have been in the last <laughs> hour. Like. You said you said before we started recording that like you read like half of the arc and I'm probably going to go read it if not tonight like this week. 
as much as I learned that I remember that the Venom movie existed at one point, I also remember how much I love Norman Osborn as a character and as just like a figure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that that answer, your answer was was very well executed. Kyle, on a similar vein, um, the worst thing I can say about your answer is that it makes me sad that the MCU will never do something <laughs> nearly as cool or as respectable to the X-Men as what you've done today. Me too. You might sit here and say that you took you didn't take very long to create your thing. I guarantee you, you have just taken more time to think through the introduction of the X-Men than any highly paid studio exec at Disney will do. Oh, I took no time to write it down. This idea has been percolating in my head since... Yeah, I guess 2020. Whenever WandaVision yeah, came you've, out, yeah, you've 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 spent yeah. enough time on it. Yeah, then then that that does show. All right. Well, I am back inside, and definitely not Kevin Feige. Reminded me a that he's definitely not Kevin Feige. B he has no association with Marvel, but he did want to let me know his decision of what he thinks the MCU should maybe possibly be doing going forward. And he gave me a couple of notes to share. Note number one, unfortunately, we are not going to be doing a Dark Reign, Dark Avengers storyline this hate that time. that's the first one out. <laughs> Super hate that that's the first one out. Not mad I didn't win. Hate that the first one out. Unfortunately, not Kevin Feige thinks it just rings a little bit too much like the boys to do right ring. now. Yes. So... We're not going to do that. He's got to get the boys shut down first, and then he'll green light it. Listen, if we can recruit Tony Starr to play a character in the MCU, great. (laughs) That leads me to the next note from not Kevin Feige. He agreed with me. He loves the color, the madness, the pure edge of 90s Marvel comics, but unfortunately, we are not going to be doing a separation anxiety Plot line. I agree. <laughs> oh, thank Christ, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. It's actually for the same reason that Kyle suggested we thought we were going to get assistant funding from BetterHelp, but we're not confident that they won't have a scandal in the next seven to ten years. So we can't yeah. go that direction. Which, the right move. What, what's left out of this conversation, guys, is Kevin Feige wrote no scandals in giant marker on the, on a whiteboard yeah. in the Marvel offices before he started throwing rocks at Matt's window today. So <laughs> exactly. Fair. Yeah, you nailed it. So that brings me to you, Kyle. We're doing it, man. It's House of M season. It's Avengers versus X-Men season. We're going to do the thing that everybody's wanted us to do. For yeah. four fucking years. Imagine. Four years. Imagine. It's a real it's a real mother three kind of <laughs> kind of situation. Oh, just like just do it. Just do it. You know it's gonna make a ton of money. It'll just, just print money it. if you do it. It'll just print money if you do Disney it. Disney lost what, a billion year a billion dollars last year? Like right. now is the time to break glass in case of emergency. Like I just wanna see Kevin go up on stage and say, like, oh by the way, and then House of M comes up and he just says we're fucking doing it. I can't explain to you how we're going to yeah. get to it. We're going to do it. Yeah. These people are going to be in it. You're going to show up. He needs to do it like a, like a Switch Online or like a Nintendo Direct when it's like, and House of M is available streaming today. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, like one of those things. Yeah, man. I have wanted this since WandaVision and I need it. I just really need it. So congratulations to you, Kyle. You are our winner here. And that is going to do it for today's episode. So thanks for listening to Debate This. 
You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast, or on our website at debatethiscast.com. Hey, if you have not heard about our Patreon, first off, thanks for listening to your first episode of the podcast. Second off, let me tell you a little bit about our Patreon. We have one. You can join it right now at patreon.com slash debate this cast. I mentioned earlier, it'll give you access to our show notes if you join at a higher tier. But if you join at the entry tier for as low as $5, you get access to our patron community discord, which I spent a lot of time this weekend rebuilding and reorganized. And I'm really proud of it. And I really want more people to join it. So head to patreon.com slash debate this cast to join our discord. Until next time. I'm Matt Cole. I'm Todd. If you're cold, they're cold. Bring those Kevins inside, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> I'm Kyle Venom DSM5 Harper. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. The House of M don't fall when the bones are good, Henderson. And we're saying thanks for debating <laughs> with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs> it's really fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs>